It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. Cometh the hour, cometh the ULES, as London Mayor Sadiq Khan's flagship scheme to fight pollution in the capital goes live. It means drivers crossing the boundary now into outer London will have to pay a £12.50 fee if their cars don't meet exhaust emissions requirements. Over the weekend, there were protests against the expanded ultra-low emissions zone, now boundaried by the North Circular and South Circular. Separately, vandals also targeted enforcement cameras. The levy's been forecast to raise £300 million in its first year, and over 850,000 London vehicles are said by the RAC to be non-compliant. ULES supporters say it's crucial for improving Londoners' respiratory health, but critics say the scheme will hit some of the poorest, most hardworking Londoners who rely on a daily runabout vehicle. And is Khan practising what he preaches, cruising around the capital in a gas-guzzling, chauffeur-driven Range Rover? Later we'll hear from anti-pollution campaigners and the voice of British drivers. But first, we're joined on the line by the Standard's local democracy reporter covering City Hall, Noah Vickers. Noah, how's the mayor been responding to criticism of the ULEZ on day one? I've been at a roundtable discussion hosted by the mayor in southeast London. It's included the local MP, local councillors and a couple of his deputy mayors. The discussion itself, the location was actually kept top secret because of concerns about Sadiq Khan's safety, given the amount of anger, particularly over ULEZ. What he's been saying in terms of responding to the criticism is the fact that he has rolled out the scrappage scheme. He's tried to include more and more people within it so that this month, as of August, every Londoner with a non-compliant vehicle can apply for a grant to replace their car. He's also said that what he's been saying for several months, which is that this hasn't been an easy decision for him, but he believes it's the right one because it will clean up outer London's air. What he often says is, if it's good enough for central and inner London, why not outer London? What did the mayor tell you about the plans that were set out in the transport strategy in 2018 to investigate these road user charging systems, so-called pay-per-mile charge? Is it a case of mission creep? 
I did ask him about road user charging. He pointed out that it's uh, something that originated from government. He says it's something that the Treasury and the Department for Transport were looking at. I think what sort of frightens people about it is similar concerns over you, Les. The idea is that it would be in some way an affront on people's freedom if their car movements were being charged or tracked. What he told me was that there were no plans for it on the table at the moment. He said that it isn't something which he wants to see introduced for what he said, you know, for a variety of reasons, not least the technology, he says, doesn't exist at the moment to charge people in that way. But he wouldn't rule out the fact that officers at City Hall are still looking at it. They are still considering how could it be introduced if the technology were available and would it work? So it isn't something which is entirely kind of off the horizon. It is something which we could see over the coming years as the technology for this sort of scheme develops. Will he lead by example by downgrading his gas-guzzling Range Rover he's chauffeured around in, even though it's technically exempt? So the first thing to say is it isn't the vehicle that he's always carted around in. Um, I've actually seen him just on the DLR, apparently on his own with a bag. He's clearly not on his own. He's accompanied wherever he goes by security. And his his security is a real uh, worry for people at City Hall. We know that it's not just you, Les. Basically, ever since his online altercation with Donald Trump, there's been a lot of anger towards him from some parts of, of London. And that car that he's driven around in was supplied and would have been recommended by the Metropolitan Police as being the most secure way of getting around. And as we head into the city, Hall election cycle. What's your analysis of how much the ULES might help or hinder Khan's re-election bid? His calculation will be that anger over ULES will have abated to some degree by the time we get to the next mayoral election. And in part, that would have been the thinking behind some of the Conservative councils trying to delay it. Their hope would be we can keep this being an issue for a longer amount of time. Let's go to the ads. Coming up, we'll hear both sides of the ULES argument from Londoners representing Mums for Lungs and the Alliance of British Drivers. Why not hit follow in the meantime and give us a rating? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Now, firstly, for this second half, we're joined by Karina Fernandez, a mother of two young sons and a campaigner for Clean Air Group, Mums for Lungs. Karina, what are your hopes for the ULES? My hopes for this expanded ultra-low emission zone are that it's going to get the most polluting vehicles off the road, clean up the air, for our children and not only for our children actually for everybody who's out and about because we all have the right to breathe clean air and um, which I think is sort of undisputed isn't it no one's saying that that isn't the case that the reason I'm sort of saying that might sound ridiculous is that there is so much anti-ULES 
um, feeling out there. There's so much anger and I think so much fear that I do begin to wonder if at some point the point of it has been forgotten, which is that it's to improve air quality for everybody so that we can live longer, healthier lives. What have been your own experiences of toxic air where you live in South London? I I live in South Norwood near a really mega polluted road called the Portland Road. Thankfully, my sons and I can walk to school and back along a back road called Albert Road. So we're able to avoid most of the pollution on our daily school run. But we do have to walk down that road sometimes. The leisure centre is there for swimming lessons and the food shops. There are many, many families living on Portland Road. And every day when that traffic's at a standstill, those children growing up in those houses right there are breathing in the most horrible, toxic fumes. And from my part, my older son, who's asthmatic, has been hospitalised with his asthma on a number of occasions. And it's terribly frightening to sit by the bedside of a child who is fighting for every single breath. And what do your sons tell you about how the pollution feels for them? They talk about being able to taste it. If, If you think about it, their heads are much closer to the tailpipes than ours. And especially the worst time, actually, was when they were in the buggy because they're, they really are level with the tailpipes at that point. And sometimes you cannot avoid going along main roads. And sometimes when we're crossing a very busy road, or if we're having to walk along a, a busy main road like Portland Road, which I've mentioned to you close to where we live, my older son will say, Mummy, I held my breath all the way through that tunnel. I didn't breathe at all. There's a, there's a railway bridge, you see. I mean, you really, really can taste it. And the walls are black. There was a very, there's a very pretty, quite hopeful mosaic mural along the walls of this really horrible railway bridge. This um, mosaic is entirely discoloured and black and a very sad looking thing. It's almost a testament to the damage that we're doing to the area and to ourselves, literally there on the tiles. And have you experienced any bad driver behaviours such as idling? Unfortunately, I have. I think I'm something of a local nuisance, really, uh, by knocking on everybody's car windows and asking them in my best and most polite and respectful way, of course, to turn off their engines, especially near the school, at school drop-off. And and I think the, the problem is that a lot of some people respond really um enthusiastically and quickly and they're they're keen to respect the health of the children who are walking past other people however are very very angry to be asked to do anything differently than they would like to do and i don't blame them for that because it's horrible having some stranger um knock on your window however nicely they do it and ask you to do something that you thought it's rather to not do something that you thought was fine and i think the problem really lies in um messaging at a higher level. Now we're joined by Brian Mooney, spokesman for the Alliance of British Drivers in London and a Hammersmith resident who's been behind the wheel for 40 years. Brian, what impact will the ULOs have for London drivers? Will it send motorists to public transport or will they just pay up? I don't think anybody in London drives for the fun of it. A lot of people drive when there's no public transport alternatives. And I'm thinking of shift workers. And I know from what I've read that one third, roughly, of Heathrow's workers will be impacted. A lot of these people are shift workers. There'll also be charities who will have to cease operation because of the exorbitant cost of upgrading their vans. And carers who drive an old vehicle who just can't afford to carry on with the extra £12.50 a day charge. So I think it will hit some people in London very badly and they'll be the poorest members of the driving society. 
In your experience, how has driving in the capital changed over the past decades? Driving in London has become progressively more awful over the years, and a lot of it is the authorities' fetish with making life more difficult. Now, they claim, for instance, we need to encourage walking and cycling, but I don't think you do either by making life more difficult for motorists. I live near King Street in Hammersmith, and you can see buses queued up to get to a bus stop because what was three lanes, maybe 18 years, ago has been whittled down to one lane for all vehicles and that means that cars are sandwiched between buses and everybody loses and the new cycle lane that popped up last year is underused. Do you think the ULEZ will improve air quality and have you noticed any benefit following the congestion charge? The technology has meant that fuel economy has increased. People use product blue, which improves the performance of diesel vehicles. And of course, there's electrical vehicles on the scene. I would say that in the main, technology has been the reason for an improvement in air quality. What do you make of these pay-per-mile reports? There's some wonderful wording on this. He's talking about people being linked to conspiracies, but there's no conspiracy if everything is out in the open. And I myself looked at the mayor's transport strategy first in 2017 when he tried to bring it in hush-hush and then more recently when it was a factor in expanding ULES. You know that last year's consultation on ULES was also a consultation on introducing road pricing to London. And of those who answered the question on road pricing, 83% were against. And you can see why he tried to, tried to keep it hush-hush. Could you tell us some more about what you found out? Uh, transport for London hired a consultancy called Jacobs to write a document called the IIA, Integrated Impact Assessment. It's one of these very long technical documents most people will never read. And it actually had the explicit assumption in it that revenue from ULES would be replaced by road pricing revenue by 2026. Now, that to me is pretty definite. And Transport for London are actually recruiting staff to work on what they call road user charging projects under the aegis of Project 2030. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Wednesday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.